0: Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. Dynamic blessings to you as always. In today's episode, I have a familiar guest. My dear friend, Gene Kelly, is in the building. I don't know if you've noticed, but Gene has been making some monumental shifts in his lives, and the lives of many people, through the combination of cold water exposure, and breath work. And in this episode, we talk about that journey of how this combination of ice and breath has allowed him to level up himself, it's allowed him to build community, and it's ultimately been this opportunity for him to really add to his hero's journey and understand how important of a leader that he is, and also understanding how there's a big distinction between showing up for yourself, knowing your gifts, and toxic modesty, as he coins it. So I really love this conversation. Him and I go back and forth on our experience, really learning how to be great versions of ourselves and show up powerfully for others and do it in a way where where we are recognizing ourselves at the same time. You're going to love this conversation if you've ever had any questions about the combination of ice and breath work and anything that has to do with growing in leadership. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It means the world to me if you leave a five star rating in a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Dynamic blessings, ladies and gentlemen. I am joined by a familiar guest, a soul brother, somebody I feel like I've known for a lifetime. And it's only been just a a certain amount of months. I can't even put the actual time on it. But to watch my brother here just really grow into his own these last, I don't even know what it would be, three, four months, I feel like I've really noticed it, has been unbelievable. Really excited to dive into his journey And everything he's been learning, he's going to bring so much to the table for us today. Welcome, my dear friend, Gene, Kelly. How you feeling, brother? Dude,
1: I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. It's nice to see you again and catch up. We tend to catch up every few months and touch base. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to work out how long ago we met. It would have been, it was last year, right? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely in uh, in 2021. Yeah, yeah. But we linked up on Instagram for those who don't know. And... um, Paul Czech shared some of your content, and I was like, "This guy's awesome." So we linked up, and <laughs> and then I remember when we got locked down in Australia for the second time, I reached out because, you know, you have you have to move. You've got to take some sort of action, and I wanted to do something. I just didn't want to sit at home in lockdown. So I did a bunch of interviews with people I admire and love and respect, and you were one of the people I reached out to. And and dude, yeah, Soul Brothers, we we hit it off, and I think this is the. This might be the third time we've chatted. The second time on your podcast,
0: I believe, but yeah, second some... time on my podcast, and, and the one we did together with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, awesome, man! And thank you for the kind words. It's, it's. I feel like we're on parallel journeys, and that just is a testament to you know why we probably clicked because we're on on the up, man. So um, you, you know, I've got I've you got the book out, which yeah, is sir. super cool. Yes,
0: yeah, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Still yeah, waiting man. for my copy, Ali. I uh, know I gotta get your address <laughs> so I can send it over there to uh, to Australia make sure that it could happen but I got you on that and it's so funny it's like during this process of uh coming out with the book and then working through Amazon realizing like oh wait Amazon doesn't ship everywhere like that that's so beyond me I'm not sure why it does it ship to Australia it's super strange yeah
1: it's bizarre because we've got Amazon in Australia and I'm pretty sure we can order th- things from America and and overseas and stuff and um, I, I know we can but for whatever reason they wouldn't send the book maybe if it was available in Australia it would just overload their production center and they wouldn't <laughs> be able to supply everyone but but dude uh, yeah I, seriously I can't wait to read it I've been um, I've been so stoked to watch you on, on your journey too and you've inspired me well I, w- I would love to write a couple books I've got a bunch of ideas and you inspired me to really lean into that I haven't taken action on that I've been sort of preoccupied with the other stuff that's been going on, which we'll get into, but man, I, yeah, I definitely, you've definitely
0: inspired me to write a book someday. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And bro, I, I truly believe after this process of writing my first book that all of us have stories to share. And if our story can inspire one person, I feel like that makes it all worth it. And it's a lot easier to get a book done than, uh, than I anticipated. <laughs> But also just seeing the stories that so many people have around how hard it would be or how long it would take or how arduous of a task. um, It's really silly. And I was just like that, too. So whenever you're ready to kind of talk about that process and be able to get it done fast, like a few months, like, bro, I'm all for it. We'll make that happen. Yeah, dude. Well, it's
1: funny you say that because that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's why I've maybe held back. It's like, oh, I've got to really like set the time and the space to really go to battle with this thing. So yeah, we you can definitely crack open that belief system for sure.
0: No, for sure. And man, just to see and how you were talking about earlier, how you know we're kind of like mirrors for each other. Like we're able to watch each other and we see each other really sharing our gifts with the world in a powerful way. And something I loved is how you've really taking the ice and the breath work combination and the way you've been able to bring it to so many people out in Australia has been incredible. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that's grown and where you started, what inspired it, and what do you feel like has allowed you to have success in it growing to what it's become so far in just a short amount of time?
1: Yeah, well, the the short answer is that my heart and soul are behind it and I really believe in it. And I think it's sorely needed in our society to take a couple of steps back and, and maybe talk about how I got here. So as you know, Alvi, I've been a personal trainer for about 12 years yeah. or was a personal trainer for 12 years. And you start off with um, a very surface level type of approach. People come to you wanting to just lose weight. And as right. a young personal trainer trained in how to teach people how to exercise, okay, well, yeah, we'll do some squats and we'll do some push-ups and you know, we'll do some core. And you find that not everyone sees results. Mm. And it's because everyone's different. And I think there are a lot of different reasons people end up where they end up. If I could summarize it all, I believe that we are simply the culmination of all our decisions. Right. That's what it takes people to where they're at. And a lot of people end up where they are, not just because of the decision to not exercise. Mm. And I found that, I was really interested in helping people go through an authentic genuine transformation but just getting people to sweat and and lift weights and whatever wasn't really cutting it you know and then you you go down the rabbit hole a little bit and you get all the way to oh you don't love yourself (laughs) and that that's why you've uh you know neglected yourself and given to others and maybe you don't believe that you're worthy and that you can't actually do it and you know our actions are just reflections of our beliefs we act out our beliefs you know and a lot of times unconsciously so absolutely in the pursuit of helping people transform themselves I kind of I came to two questions I was trying to answer one what does it mean to be healthy and as we discussed last time on the podcast the fitness and health industry isn't about fitness or health. It's more about lose weight by any means necessary. Right. If they could legalize cutting off your leg to lose weight, uh, they'd probably do it. For sure. You know, it's, it's a lose weight by any means necessary. So there's these stupid fad diets that are one size fits all and do more harm than good in the long run. I think that there's some sort of something going on between processed foods which cause you to gain weight and then you use weight loss products that don't last that ultimately steer you towards pharmaceuticals right so this is a short medium and long-term game being played there Mm -hmm. uh anyhow so the first question is what does it mean to be healthy and the second question is how does someone undergo a genuine transformation and um the first question about health is about i think the nervous system the balance of the nervous system you know there's the stress branch the rest branch and if you spend too much time in the stress branch your heart rate's up blood sugar's up blood pressure's up um anxiety's up and that leads to depression and things like that and then you're also not getting the benefits of the rest branch which is like proper digestion assimilation assimilation of nutrients elimination of waste immune function positive hormones your ability to connect with others this type of thing which leads to feeling isolated alone you know indigestion you know autoimmune disease inflammation all those sorts of things so when you're out of balance in that regard you're going to get sick. And this, I think is the root cause of all disease. We're just too stressed. There's, Mm. there's a mismatch between how we are and how we have evolved to be. Right. So stress management became a big part of what I helped people with. And I realized that in a lot of cases, people don't have the capacity to deal with the stress of exercise, Mm, you know? So, so what we, what I believe is that we need to reduce stress to make room for the stress of exercise, which gives us positive adaptations. But if if you're just adding on stress on top of the existing stress that doesn't serve you and forge positive adaptations, we're just overloading you. Too much yang, you burn out, get sick, I can't keep it up, and that's that. And then the second question was, how do you transform? What I learned was that our personality is hardwired, and then we kind of create this box across time of how we think, feel act and react Mm. and this is sort of like yeah a personality this is the box we create for ourselves you could call it your comfort zone but a lot of the times it's not actually comfortable it's just familiar because a lot of people right a lot of people create this box that they're not actually very comfortable in at all but to the nervous system it's familiar and familiar is safer than the unfamiliar right and it's it's easier too oh dude well, that's exactly right. You default to those existing pathways, the existing thoughts, the existing feelings, actions, and reactions. It's all built into you. Yep. So let me ask you this. You're stressed. Let's say you're being chased by a tiger and you come to a fork in the road. One path is already established and built and it's clear for you to run and keep running away. The other path is under construction. There's a whole lot of mess in, in that circumstance where you're being chased by a tiger or under stress, are you more likely to default to the existing pathway that's already built that allows you to keep running that way? Does not involve any new thinking or, or building? Or would you stop and start building a road
0: from scratch? Yeah, you're definitely going down that, that same path, that path that's already built out that you can continue running through. That's exactly right. So w- what I've
1: sort of found is that unmanaged stress is what causes poor health. You manage your stress, your body will go parasympathetic or rest mode and it'll heal itself. It's, a, it's yep. more about getting out of your own way. Yeah. But also when we want to transform, it's about literally building new habits, new thoughts, new feelings, you know, and no longer defaulting to these unconscious reactions and, and letting the external world pull your puppet strings and you're just constantly right. reacting and feel like the world's coming at you. So... When we manage stress in regards to transformation, and also given that we are the culmination of all our choices, when you manage stress and something external environment stresses you, if you can remain calm, the blood remains in your neocortex, you can think clearly, you can create space between action or, or rather stimulus and response, so you right. can choose your response, and then you can make a better decision. And then, decision by decision, You can make new choices. You can orient yourself in a new direction. And then if you do that enough, you will literally start to become familiar with the unfamiliar. You can get comfortable doing something new. It's like pressing on the walls or the bounds of your comfort zone, feeling the discomfort of something new, but then breathing through it as you manage that stress. And then you'll acclimatize and you've extended your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And step by step or breath by breath, we can go into new territory and become whoever we want to be. Right. So I went to an ice and breath workshop about a year ago with uh, this company, Breathless. And at this point I'd kind of understood all this, but I was trying to like package it together and and work out a bit of a system. And I was very big on meditation at that point. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I learned was that it's better to do hard things and have an easy life than do easy things and have a hard life. So there's something about seeking hard things That are good for you Like lifting weights Would be a good example And and doing it by choice It's almost like Jordan Peterson says About slaying the dragon In its lair Rather Mm. than waiting For it to come to your village Because life's going to be Tough either way So you may as well Embrace it And make the choice And go out there And you know Develop the tools Rather than Trying to defend yourself The best What is it The best uh, Offense Best defense Is good offense I know I inverted that quote But you got to go out there And attack you know Absolutely and um, I kind of it had a click with me one day and I thought, oh, okay, I need to seek hard things, but also it needs to be embodied. You need to act it out. And that's what weightlifting does. You're, you're picking up your load and bearing it, doing something hard and struggling. And that's why people who lift weights and exercise have um, also better mental and emotional health. Right. Because you've got to understand the nervous system to, or rather to the nervous system, all forms of stress are the same. Right. You know, so... The better you deal with one form of stress, the better you deal with others. It translates. So I thought, okay, well, I need to do hard things and I need to embody that because I'd also learned along the way that the best thing I can do is be a positive example to others, not preach, but act and do and, and embody right. it so people can look to me and go, oh, that's how it's done. So I thought, okay, well, what, what terrifies me? And I thought, well, getting in the ice. Mm. I can't imagine going and sitting in this freezing cold water. So I had to do it. So I had the intentions of setting up this cold plunge at home, but I just never did it. Like I bought all the stuff, but I never did it. And then this workshop came to town and I thought, okay, well, if we're going to be doing the ice exposure and everyone's there, a big group of us doing it together, I'm not going to chicken out. So I'm going to buy a ticket and I'm going to, I'm going to go. And this was also at a stage in my life where I stopped waiting for others. Like you know, I, I didn't need a friend to come with me to this workshop. I goes, I'm going to go nice. by myself and just meet people, you know? Nice. So that, that was a big step for me as well. And it all kind of comes together. So I went to this workshop to the cold exposure. Um, but before we did, we did a lot of breathing techniques. And um, I had this really profound experience. To back up just a little bit, the two biggest things that had a massive influence on my life is this idea of the sacred and the mundane. So mm. like, you want to have these really sacred peak experiences, but you can't do it every day. Right. Every day, day to day, you've got to focus on the mundane, the work, the little mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So the mundane that really changed my life in the biggest way was meditation. Right. Just, just, just meditating, doing that every day was it has been probably the best thing for me ever. But the other sacred part of me that was really, really amazing was my experience with um, psilocybin mushrooms. And I would say that meditation is actually more powerful than the the psilocybin mushrooms. But that was a hell of an experience. It really cracked me wide open when I did that. And I found at the breath work, you can have both mundane and sacred experiences. You can do slow breathing, which is something akin to meditation. But you can also do these really crazy breathing techniques that induce psychedelic states and altered states. Mm, I went through the whole range of this workshop. And I went for the ice, but the breathing is what really shook me up because I realized that through breathing, we can control the state of the nervous system and go to this rest branch. But also we can have these psychedelic ground changing experiences where we can process emotions and see things differently and see how we're limiting ourselves and all this sort of stuff. And in that particular breathing technique, everything in my life made sense suddenly everything mm. led to this point. And that's why I needed to go through that breakup. And that's why I needed to have that fall through. And that's why that happened. Like it all made perfect sense. It was like a Satori mm. moment. Even right. when we're, everyone was sharing prior to doing this technique. And there was this one young man who was just in, in a state, man. He was just like, I'm so anxious and I just can't do anything about it. And I was really feeling for him. But even in that moment, I was like, I wanted to go to him and say, dude, trust me you're where you need to be. Like all will be revealed. Like it was this really profound moment. And I, and before I'd left the building, I was committed to being an ice and breath guy. I'm still working out what my uh, a breath worker, you know? So um, yeah, I realized that I can induce these states in people, these life-changing states through breathing. And I can also induce this state of calm through breathing too. There are two ways these pathways get formed. It's through repetition or emotional experiences so you can do it by just through automatic repetition of things you do daily, or you can have a really like trauma, for example, is one really emotionally charged experience that just cuts a path in the brain and then you've got trauma. So you can sort of rewire the brain in the same way using these techniques. And I think, uh, so, so I've, yeah, been, become obsessed with the breath. Like the ice is really sexy, but that brings people in to try the breath. And I find that the mm. real magic, well, to, to be honest, the real magic isn't even the breath. It's the community.
0: Oh, for sure, I can see
1: that, dude. We'll get to that in a second, but but yeah, the, we and I think I think so. The breath—that's the breath—and then the ice, I think, is just analogous for life. You know, of course, there are heaps of benefits for for the mind and the body. Um, for me, it's just about doing something hard every single day that I don't want to do or don't particularly mm. want to do, and just proving right. to myself, you know, who I am and what I'm capable of and who's in charge. And that's been another really vital tool. Um, meditation or breathing and or breathing and the ice have, have just been the most amazing tools but what's what's really interesting and this is what the magic is I think is that in that rest branch you have the social engagement system mm-hmm. and the social engagement system was critical for survival because as mammals we learnt that we had a better chance of surviving if we stuck together so there's this like bonding system but also this survival system so again this stress and this rest branch and the body prioritizes the stress branch or staying safe because if you're unsafe you're not going to live long enough to form any social bonds right Right. so the body prioritizes fight or flight which means that if you don't feel safe if you're stressed you can't connect to others Mm. so when i bring people together and i get them to to slow breathe and they calm down and then I get them to talk to one another and make eye contact with one another. Mm. And then I get them to do some hard breathing, breath work. Right. And they overcome something hard together and come back and they're completely refreshed. And then they get in the ice and they're all supporting each other. And they get out and they high five and they hug and, oh, we did it. What, what we're doing is forming a tribe and a community. Absolutely. And, and we're co-regulators. So humans mm. regulate each other's nervous systems. I've got a really funny story I can share to explain that if you'd like.
0: Oh, I would love that. Please right, do. So,
1: so when I was, uh, this was years ago, and I was in a restaurant. I think it was like a Chinese restaurant maybe or a Thai restaurant. And they had um, like a little bowl of ginger, like, like pieces of ginger on the table. And do you know what a palate cleanser is, Alvi? Yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know that. So I was at this restaurant, and there was little, I think it was ginger. I said, what, what's this with this ginger? And he goes, oh, it's a palate uh-huh. cleanser. After you do your first course or or your your appetizer or whatever, you have the ginger and it cleanses your palate. So it resets things so you can experience the next dish in its full taste, right? So it cleanses your palate. Okay. So I programmed that or put that into my brain somewhere and the motor function associated with that was to reach out, pick up the ginger, put it in my mouth, and that's how you cleanse your palate. Mm. Okay. And then I forgot about it for years. Fast forward, I'm in a flower and candle shop with my girlfriend at the time, and we're looking around, smelling things, and then there's this bowl of coffee beans, Hmm. and I thought, oh, what's the bowl of coffee beans there for? And then all of a sudden, this memory popped up, oh, it's a palate cleanser, and I was like, oh, I'll show you how to do it, girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. But the motor pattern was to reach out and grab the coffee beans and chew them. Uh-huh. So I'm in this flower shop and there's this random bowl of coffee beans to reset your palate. But I start chewing them. And the look my girlfriend gave me was like I just taken a shit in the middle of the flower shop. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and this is a great example of this, the social bonding system. Because if you're in a tribe and you act in a way that is not appropriate... You're going to get looks from other tribe members that let you know that's not appropriate. And if you keep it up, you're going to get kicked out of the tribe. And if you're kicked Mm -hmm. out of the tribe, you will not survive. So it's a survival threat. Whereas when you get smiles and laughs from people, your nervous system calms down. You're safe. Everything's okay because people are smiling and laughing. Exactly. And and the look my girlfriend gave me when I started chewing those coffee beans was as if I was going to die. Oof. Like my whole nervous system just went whoa! Whatever you've just done is completely wrong, mm. and then I—that's when the taste hit me, and I realized I was just chewing these random flower shop coffee beans. You're supposed to smell them, Albie. Right, not chew, <laughs> not chew them. <laughs> it's, I, I had like spit them in my hand, and then I'm like, oh, there's no bin. I had to put them in my pocket. Like it was just like <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing. But but looking back after learning this stuff, I was like, oh, the reason why my body went, whoa, what the hell is going on here? When she gave me that look was because my mm. social engagement system was like, you're about to get kicked out of this tribe, buddy. Right. So so when you're about you get to be to, isolated. Right. Exactly. That's exactly Eesh. right. So when I um when I get people together to breathe and you calm the individual's nervous system down, now it's a little bit easier for them to make eye contact. It's a little bit easier for them to share a smile. It's a little bit easier for them to be heard, you know, and talk and listen. And these are all things that calm our nervous system, let us know that we're in our tribe, we're supported, we're loved, we're safe. Right, right. And uh, that that is what I think the real magic is. And this is just all a reflection of what my experience has been as well. When, when I did that first Ice and Breath workshop, I went back, and then I went and did a winter expedition, climbed um, Mount Kosciuszko in my underwear in like, freezing cold weather and in like really fast winds, like mm. swimming in these frozen lakes and stuff like that and doing it with others that are, you know, supporting you and challenging you, then coming back to the, the cabins and getting in front of the fire, like full tribal stuff. And right. it felt like I was getting a nutrient that I've been deprived from for so long. Like it was mm. kind of new to be that lovey with a bunch of strangers, but right. it felt kind of so innate and natural and then when you consider like our evolution and the nervous system and the social engagement system it all makes perfect sense so stephen porges is a great guy to research if you're interested in this stuff and polyvagal Mm -hmm. theory okay so it's just the social engagement system and and how it links to our fight or flight response and you know how we co-regulate with others and this is again not to get into this maybe we shouldn't get into it at all but that's why I think social distancing over the last couple of years has been such a bad idea and covering right. up faces has been such a bad idea because now everyone's in a state of fear. I mean, right. if that's what you're trying to do, it's perfect. <laughs> right, but, right. But, but um, but yeah, that's why I thought always thought that the response to the pandemic has been so poorly thought out when you're considering mm-hmm. long-term, when you understand all this stuff. But I'm just an idiot personal trainer who doesn't know anything about yeah. health, I suppose.
0: No, there's no MD next to your name. How could we ever take yeah, you serious? Yeah. The Rockefellers <laughs> haven't signed off on my uh, my knowledge. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really incredible. I mean, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. And to really understand just how big of a role our nervous system and the fight-or-flight systems play in our everyday life is huge. And I don't think the average person, or at least I, I make up, that the average person doesn't understand the relationship between how stress is managed or mismanaged and the quality of life that we end up living. To your point, our bodies don't know the difference between the different types of stress. At the end of the day, all it knows is stress. So if a person is in the same way you're talking about, I've had this with clients as well, you know they're stressed out from work. They're stressed out from relationships. They're stressed out thinking about how their life, quote unquote, should or should not be. And essentially, they think like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn all this stress off with, uh, with a workout. You know, I'm gonna take my stress off with a, uh, with a boxing class, right? Or do whatever. And I'll tell them like, look, you might be getting some quick, instant gratification because you're getting some endorphins up because you're moving your body around and you're doing all of that. But at the end of the day, you're just putting way more physical stress on top of all of the mental and psychic and electromagnetic and all the different types of stresses that you're putting yourself through on a day-to-day basis that just accumulates over time. So what I love about the ice and the breath is that, and meditation is that it all works synergistically. What's the first thing that typically happens when someone gets into that cold ice? It's like, oh shit, it's like a quick hyperventilation. Oh, I'm so cold. All the alarms start going off, all those things. And it's in that moment when as an individual, you can notice that stuff coming up and decide to work on trying to slow your breath as much as you can, to surrender to it, to just understand like, okay, here I am breathing. And over time, you start to feel yourself feel better right and you get to actually see like okay how does this experience of getting into the cold water equate to other parts of my life because all the cold water is is the discomfort that life brings any and every single day as a human being like let's face it there's stressful things that come up and i'm not saying like oh if you live a certain way there's no more stress in your life absolutely not. That's nonsense. But you learn how to work with that stress. You learn how to notice when that stress comes on. And when it does come on, you have a choice. You get to re- rest, relax, surrender to it if it's appropriate, or if it's you know a real life or death situation, and you know you're ready to handle business in that way if that's what it, it calls for. But there's a distinction between the two. And most people, to your point, Gene, is that they they're just so used to just diving right into the fight or flight. And then to bring it all home, like I really love this aspect when you're talking about the role that community plays. Because we are communal beings. We are tribal beings. And it makes sense that when we have other people around us doing and participating in the same activities that we're participating in, it lifts us up. It lifts all the people around us up. And when everyone goes through something together, right? there's this uh, compounding effect where I feel like the vibration and the energy is lifted so high that now people are energized by like, wow, look at what we did. Look at what we overcame. And the best part is we did it together. I didn't let you let yourself down. You didn't let me let myself down. It's like you picked me up, I picked you up, we picked each other up. And now from there, boom, community is formed. And I know that's what you're you're experiencing now with, with your group and everything that y'all are doing.
1: Brother, you nailed that so beautifully. That was so perfectly spoken. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. You know, when I do take people through the ice, what I say is that the ice is exactly like life. Sometimes in life, there are things in our external environment that influence how we think, feel, and react. But we've got to really not allow life to pull our puppet strings and steer us we've got right. to come at life not life coming at us so right what i say is that the first thing you've got to do is observe when you get in the ice your body's going to freak out it's going to be an automatic reaction and you've got to become aware of your reactions so this is what we translate to other areas right watch yep. how you react and then the next step is to sort of just breathe yeah like like the the we want to be able to manage stress as best we can at all times. And it starts with breathing, just focusing mm-hmm. on the breath and slowing it down and getting it under control. And that's what I say is the next step. So observe, breathe, and then there's nothing left we can't breathe through. We get through the wow. ice like any other challenge in life, one breath at a time. Mm. And the other thing that I, that I know that you know, but I think is worth mentioning is that stress in and of itself isn't a bad thing right like we need physical stress to get stronger we need emotional stress to you know maybe improve our communication skills and mental stress so we become more intelligent and things like that but we're so littered in our lives day to day with stress that doesn't form these positive adaptations That is just negative 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 you know like lousy food lack of sleep um you know, all these sorts of things don't forge positive adaptations and actually break us down. And right. that's the difference. So it's not about having a stress-free life. If that's what you're aiming for, you're going to be waiting for a very, very long time. That's one of the things I've learned on my journey too is that, oh, <laughs> if, if you keep pursuing this, eventually you're enlightened and, and nothing can touch you. And it's like, nah, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's- right,
0: it's just like life just finds more things to bring to you. Because I definitely... Um, resonate with that sentiment because i remember pretty early on in my my journey it's like you know i've been doing the meditation and the working out and the eating well and you know setting good boundaries and the this and the that and the other and i might have been like three years in i remember thinking to myself like when am i gonna be there when am i gonna be like mm-hmm. enlightened mm-hmm. and looking back it was <laughs> such a silly thought because it's not at least in my opinion that's not really the goal anymore and it wasn't until I heard uh, Michael Bernard Beckwith. You, you familiar with him at all? I'm not actually. My, Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, you would love him. All right, love I'm him. Out. Highly sure. recommend checking out. Thank you. But I, I heard him say one day, he's like, understand that you are constantly unfolding, right? And basically, it's just like after every turn, every fold, there's something new that comes up. There's a new type of challenge that comes up. And I realized just for me in my own life, because I'm up to big things and I'm really working towards being my best self, I understand that as I grow and as I get better, bigger challenges present themselves. And again, it's just an opportunity to unfold and evolve. And I understand I'm be doing that for the rest of my life.
1: Well, and, and that's when you can get to things like the yin yang man. Like right. life is yin yang, it's up and down, but how can how well can you flow with it? Right. You know what I mean? And, and roll with the punches and begin to see these challenges, not as, oh, another thing life is throwing at me to wear me down and it's not fair, but instead going, oh, this is life and if I embrace this as an opportunity to grow, I can get to the other side as quickly as possible and be wiser, mm-hmm. stronger uh, and better for it.
0: You know, like Hundred percent. That, that's the oh. way
1: I see it. There's um, and ironically, in a paradox, is that once you kind of accept that that's how life is, then you're there. Maybe, <laughs> right. Maybe for a brief moment, then you're not there. But and it comes mm-hmm. and goes. But but yeah, man. Um, through this whole process, I've kind of learned that there's nothing that life will throw at me that I can't handle. Mm, you thanks. know, there's. I mean, I've I've overcome everything that life has thrown at me so far. <laughs> you right. know, and I've rolled with that and, and the, there are more challenges all the time but using what I've learned and applying it I find that I, I can just flow and um, I know it'll pass the one constant life is change so right. be grateful for, for when the good times are here and be you know remain calm when the bad times are here because none of it right. lasts it's always up and down and you just got to go with the flow
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so well said. And I'm curious with the groups that you're leading now, back at home where you're at, what have you found has been, I guess, let's start here. Like, what's been like the reason that people have been showing up? Like, what's the feedback you've been getting on like, hey, this is why I'm here? It's a good question.
1: Um, I think there's a bit of novelty around it, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Like to go sit in an ice bath is kind of, oh, wow, what what an experience. You know, what's cool is that the people that come there, I think, want to be challenged. And even if they're like dragging themselves there and everything in their body saying, oh, this is going to suck. They're showing up and they're doing it. Right. So I think it's a type of person. And, and that for me, it's been a great career change because I previously as a personal trainer, you get a lot of people that want to talk about it but not take the plunge and um, intended.
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: (laughs) so it's it's nice to sort of i found it's a filter for people that really want to take action and and who are committed and serious and they're the people i want to be around um i think they've heard of the benefits as well Mm -hmm. you know ice is really good for you and mental and emotional health and physical health and and they are aware of all that type of thing to be honest, brother, uh, I'm pretty flat out when I'm setting up these events. They start pretty early. Um, and the last couple months, especially, I've had to get out of there early and sort of get to the next thing that I'm doing because I'm doing a lot of private events now, too. No. Nice. So it's actually a bit of a shame. I haven't been able to connect with my people as much as I would have liked to. Mm. Um, but I'm there every week, and they're there every week, and they connect with each other, which is good. But next week,. Um, I don't have to get out of there, so I might be able to actually ask some questions like that because I'm now I'm curious too because I've actually yeah. haven't asked them. This is all speculation, mm-hmm. but um, what I am getting is a lot of people regularly telling me that it's had a really profound positive impact on their life. Mm, how um, so? Well, they can manage stress better. They've yeah. they've got they've got community. They've got friends. They've um, they can regulate themselves. They come back to the breath. You know, it's just, it's again, stress management and connection. They're Mm. going out of survival mode and going into thrival mode. Right. You know, I don't think thrival is a word. but
0: um, It is now. It is now. That's right. I like, I like thrival mode. Yeah. but
1: but, but That's it. You know, they're going from surviving to thriving and that they feel loved and accepted. And that's the beautiful thing, man. All you've got to do is come be yourself and give it an honest go. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all you've got to do and and we'll love and accept you and support you. And it's, it it really is like a family and I'm so proud of it. I I don't take credit for it though. Like I had to leave early last week and I let one of the team members handle the um, ice component. So I just went for breath and left and they did the ice without me and I got sent footage and man, everyone's like, just, they don't, they don't need me. You know what I mean? Like they're supporting each other. They've got each other. It's the tribe. Um, And it's so beautiful because something that I'm always reminding myself is that this isn't about me. Mm. This isn't about me. This is about contributing what I think the world needs and allowing God or this higher power uh, to work through me. And I believe that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing to make the world a better place. So it's about others and it's about the work. And, um, you know, I'm the guy that shows up with the ice and maybe facilitates and creates the space, but... Yeah, I try my best to remind myself that it's not the gene show.
0: And um, Mm. I actually really like it that way. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I think it's super powerful that you're able to set this up in such a way where it could potentially run without you, right? And in a very good and powerful way where you're empowering others to be able to lead in other aspects of it. Like in this past week where someone else was able to facilitate with the ice and the people there are able to support each other through, it doesn't have to be just Gene uh, supporting himself. Something that I always find interesting, and I wanna pick your brain about this, it's like, it's finding this balance between like, all right, hey, it's, just, it's not about me, but I'm still gonna find the time to like appreciate myself because of what I'm doing, and how I stepped out of my own comfort zone to start an experience like this. So, how have you, how how does this resonate with you? Just this this idea of finding the balance between, hey, it's not about you, Gene, but at the same time, you had such a heavy hand in creating this experience for dozens, if not, well, shoot, probably almost hundreds of people now in terms of the different people that have came in. How do you still celebrate yourself in this process? Well,
1: it's a good question what comes to my mind is just this idea of being the example. The best thing we can do is just be the example. I spent a lot of time trying to convince people to start looking after themselves a bit better. And all that did was just siphon my energy. Mm. What I learned is that I've just got to do me and people will see me. And if they want to ask questions, they can, or they can just copy. So Mm. when it comes to this type of thing, if someone was working really hard and had spent every Saturday getting up in the morning and putting on this event, that isn't a money making thing. Like, I don't make money from this. This is just something. Honestly, I did it to get practice initially. Hmm. And, you know, I think I just got quite good quite quickly because my parents are performers, actually. They're professional clowns. I don't know if you knew that. So, you know. I did I, not know that. Yeah, brother. Oh, dude. They're professional clowns. So, you know, I've grown up as a bit of a theater kid. So, you know mm. i've been on stage before i can talk and I, I feel more comfortable talking to a group of people then oh, that's not true anymore i used to feel more comfortable talking to a group than one-on-one with people but now
0: because
1: ah. i'm parasympathetic I, I feel fine talking to anyone nice but um my point is is that if i saw someone putting in the work and helping to create something so beautiful that's so positive i would want them to be proud of themselves mm. you know what i mean so yeah, like I am proud of myself and I think I'm great for doing this. And um, I think it's really positive. Um, but only because I realized to go, oh, no, I'm nothing. I didn't do anything. And I call it toxic modesty.
0: Right. Yeah. If I know I'm to- that too well.
1: Yeah, yeah, brother. Like, like, and that's a big part of my journey that's unfolding too. It's like, I'm, that's another big battle I've been fighting is beginning to recognize myself as a leader. Yep. you know it's and going, yeah like i I did do this, and I am proud of it, and I am you know striving to be the best breathwork breath worker in the world, okay. you know and and really stepping into that and owning it only because it's actually going to be to my detriment and the detriment of all those around me if I have this toxic modesty about it, right, so for me, I thought that to be proud of myself automatically meant ego, but again, it's this middle way between yin and yang or or toxic modesty, then toxic. Ego maniacal, you know, cult leader, you know what I mean? Right. But like there can be a middle ground where I can be really, really proud of myself, but I don't need to go flexing, you know what I mean? I just come back to doing the work. Um, so I think that's really important. And yeah, I, I try to just to think of that with all things, you know, and confront those parts of me that I might have considered positive, but actually are holding me back, like being modest, not taking credit, not seeing myself as a leader, i'm at the stage of my life where it's time for me to step up and be the leader and be like Mm -hmm. yeah i I did this and i did a good job and i'm proud of that and but but it's not that doesn't mean it's about me just means that i did a good job and it's okay to acknowledge that i'm sure Mm -hmm. the others in the group would say it too like i know how appreciated i am by them you know um of course they appreciate me and i appreciate them too like we're all a team right but you know there's a way you can do that in a very healthy balanced way um, that actually moves you forward um, yeah it's it, it, this idea of oh I don't want to be ego maniacal or or like be big 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 guy you know cool dude doing breath and ice it's like you know that's not what it is <laughs> it's from the right. heart and, and pe- dude, people know know me like people who are around me see my energy they tell me. You know that that they can feel my energy and how authentic it is, and these are from really amazing people. I mean, there's no higher compliment you can pay in me. I'm always so flattered mm. when people who I look up to so much just let me know, "Hey, you you hold space so beautifully," and this and that. Um, I even feel a little bit strange saying that about myself now, but this is the type mm. of thing I've got to work on. Where it's like, no, yeah. it's okay to 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 be proud of yourself and to to acknowledge the the work that's paying off and the positive impact you're having. When am I going to poo poo myself and what stop doing it? Nah, let's keep going. We can do more. I yeah. really love the quote: "You should measure the success of your life not by what you have, by how much you, but by how much you give." Mm. And I think that I'm a, I can say that I'm a giver. I've been giving oh, a lot, for sure. you know. And there's nothing wrong with receiving either. And I've received plenty. But yeah. um, but yeah, this was simply about me getting practice initially because I couldn't control how many people attended so i didn't measure success by how many people attended i measured my success by whether i showed up and was getting better and then it just ordered it just organically grew you know so but pe- people thank me for um for putting it on but i'm like well you're actually helping me because i'm getting practice Right. so right. yeah
0: well that's what i think the best relationships are right where there's giving and receiving on both sides. I think that's something I really take a lot of pride in as you know, a practitioner of many things. But when I think about holding space and be able to serve somebody, the only way I can do that is if that other person or those other people are allowing it to happen, right? Mm-hmm. They're letting me share my gifts. And I remember just how many times I had it in my life. And I talk about this in the book for um, extensively in one chapter. But basically this whole idea of like, man I got so tired and embarrassed of praise at a young age um, from my mom that it actually led to me completely shutting praise out subconsciously until just about maybe like three years ago, two, three years ago. And basically what that turned into was me not realizing how I've been growing and getting better so when I wasn't being present and I started going into the, the the negative self-talk, it would turn into me really thinking like, you know what, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this thing or maybe I'm not worthy of this type of thing or maybe I shouldn't take this next step in my business or maybe I shouldn't charge this amount to better support the lifestyle that I wanna live. And it all stemmed from me essentially not voting for myself right me not praising myself and i think that's something that's so important for any person really any person just really being able to to celebrate their wins in such a way where it's balanced in the way that you just talked about it right it's not too yang it's not too yin but it's in this place where it stokes the fire it allows the fire to grow so that that fire can be giving more warmth more heat more light to all the people that are around it. So I think it's incredible that you've been able to realize this for yourself. And even when speaking through this aspect of like, you know, taking in people's gratitude and be able to understand that you're doing these great things, the more that you continue to embody that and realize that, it's going to allow you to continue to serve at a higher level. And it's incredible to see. And I love the fact that you're doing it all the way across the world in Australia in the same way that I see myself doing it over here in the United States. And again, there's countless other men and women around the world who are doing it. And that's why our messages are so important. The work we do is so important. The people that we are inspiring, that we don't even know that we're inspiring, are so grateful for what we're doing. And bro, it's just an absolute joy, man. I'm really happy to see you stepping into your leadership understanding that you are an amazing leader and also seeing within that you know to me one of the best parts of leadership is knowing when to follow mm. right and I've I've seen in my life like I love to empower other people to lead I have a new business venture that you know I'm working on right now with uh, some good friends of mine and also my fiance and there's times where you know all of us get to lead right and there might be seen as like hey there's one specific leader when it comes to final decision or whatever it is right because it's usually just more effective when you have someone who's making like that final decision but at the end of the day it's like i i am always willing to follow and to lead and i trust myself to know when to do which one yeah man i totally
1: agree like i'm kind of the leader of of, i guess the newcastle chapter of breathless now Mm -hmm. um and johannes egberts is the founder of breathless he's an amazing dude uh, and he's in Sydney, which is about two hours away from from here. And um, I, yeah, it, it's cool to be in Newcastle and kind of lead a little bit more, but occasionally step back as well. but but when it comes to like um, like breathless, the sort of movement that we're we're taking charge of, like uh, I really like kind of knowing when to follow. like he's really good at taking charge and, and and getting stuff done. So I totally feel you and I feel like I've got a good balance between the two. The other thing that came to mind, just to finish off what you were saying, I'm seeing so much yin yang in this. It's like when you're asking about um, you know, not making it the gene show type of thing, and, but also acknowledging um, what I've accomplished, it's this idea of giving and receiving, just what you said. Like they're the same. Like if I want to keep giving, I've got to be able to receive. So I receive the, the, the praise, you know, and, and the nice words and the kind words like it's really important that I receive that and receive it fully and authentically, you know, and, and don't be too modest because that allows me to continue to give. But it's a matter about finding that balance between confidence, not cockiness, but also not a lack of confidence.
0: Right. You know what I mean? How would, so, how, how would you distinguish confidence from cockiness? You know,
1: your soul knows. Um, I think people want to be around a confident person and there's not this threat or resentment around a confident person. Someone who's cocky, you kind of don't really want to uh, like hang around them maybe.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not really sure, but I don't think I'm a cocky person. I can see myself becoming more confident, which is a big thing for me. And right. just, Again, just understanding that lack of confidence is going to compromise the work cockiness will compromise the work right so the summary of probably our conversation is you know being being quietly confident in the middle maybe that's another thing quietly confident like i don't i don't need to go flex that i'm feeling confident in myself and my leadership ability and proud of what i've accomplished i can just go to bed at night proud of what i've accomplished today and proud of what i've done and and then do more tomorrow and continue to give tomorrow Um, i feel that and then everything kind of else works around, man. You get more opportunities. People want to support you. That's the thing, man, is people want to support me. I feel so supported by everyone in the entire universe, man. It's like they, they, they get it and they, they want to share it. And um, all I've got to do is maintain my own breathing practice and <laughs> just right. manage, manage my own stress
0: and everything else works out. Right, just continue to lead by example. Exactly. That's exactly it, man. Yeah, and I really appreciate your answer around the the distinction between confidence and cockiness because to me it's really in like the beingness of it. Like, there's a different beingness of confidence versus cockiness, and you spoke into it very well in terms of for me, cockiness is it's more of like a show in a sense. It's That's like, what I was gonna it, say. Yeah, it's like it's like don't 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 just. Observe what I'm doing. Like, let me make sure you hear me (laughs) As as I'm doing it. I'm not to say that that's bad or wrong. Like, you know, I'm all about people You know, be fully self-expressed do what you do Uh, But when I think it comes to me and the confidence that I have it starts in the example I set. Right. It's with the the beingness right just the way that I show up and I present myself. Yeah It's the intentionality of the way that I live my life. And like don't get me wrong too like every once in a while depending on who I'm with like I'll talk my shit too, you know what I'm saying? Like oh, it's and, so and, fun. And, and, man. Right. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun, right? And it has like go ahead. There's, there's almost like balance there again.
1: Like what I was going to say is that maybe And again, we're just trying to figure this out as well, folks. Mm-hmm. But um maybe I think cockiness is when you project it outward uh as a as a, like you it's it's outward. That like cockiness mm-hmm. is outward confidence is inward mm. but kind of becomes part of what you authentically put out anyway so you're not making a show of it but whatever you do just naturally has this tinge of confidence in it Absolutely. because it's inward whereas cockiness is almost like everyone needs to know how good i am first and then mm. what I do and think after comes second.
0: It's like, I don't know, something like that maybe? Yeah, it almost feels like an external validation versus like an internal validation yeah, type of thing. Yeah, nailed it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like that. And it, and it's interesting. I mean, I always find like, I always found like, you know, psychology and sociology extremely fascinating. That's what I studied when I was in, in college. And just the way that we learn how to interact with each other and how we understand You know what it is that we want to do, what it is that we want to say, how we want to carry on in the world. And it's kind of the difference of, all right, is it coming from an external place or is it coming from an internal place? Mm -hmm. And where's the attachment in how I want other people to feel about it or even how I want myself to feel about it? It's kind of having this idea of like, look, I'm doing this thing. I know I'm doing it for the right reasons according to me, and as long as I'm really in integrity with myself and I'm mm-hmm. living through my values and my principles, I'm fine. Right. And I have select people close to me that if all of them said, like, hey, Alvi, like, you're being a dick or like whatever, <laughs> then I would check myself. Be like, okay. Let me, let me check in because the people who I've given that trust to are telling me that. Yeah. But if it's anybody else, it's almost like to me, it's like, all right, who cares? And the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because I've realized there's certain things that I've seen in life, right? Whether we're talking about pandemic, whether we're talking about governments, whether we're talking about control, where we're talking about whatever it may be. Like there's so many things I've been quiet on because I didn't want the, I guess the backlash is the word that comes up for me. Whereas now I'm open to talk about anything and there's certain things that get to be spoken about so that people who just need to hear that message maybe just one more time are gonna rise up and take their life to the next level and take control of it. And for the ones who are gonna get upset about it because of their paradigm, how they live their life, their viewpoints and all of that. And again, not to make them wrong or bad, it's simply just a different perspective. Like, they can be mad. Like, they're allowed to unfollow me, they can criticize me if they want, they can do whatever and I'm fine with it because, again, that's like for me, the new version of jumping in the ice. Right. right? Oh, dude. Being able to have that discomfort. Dude, <laughs>
1: that's so spot on. That's so spot on. It sounds like to me, and I, I know this to be the case, that you're very grounded and rooted. You know, you're anchored into yourself. And that way, when the storm comes, you might sway, but you don't fall down. The roots don't get pulled up. You're anchored. You're solid, you know. And that's why I think you can talk about these sorts of things now. Um, right. Yeah, it's, um, I, I feel the same with me. Like, I, I know who I am. And what, again, the, all these quotes that I know that I can't remember today, Alvi, we we're talking about this before we started recording. It's like, I mean, if you were trying to please everyone, you're going to be waiting a long time. Right. Like, do or don't, you're going to be criticized anyway. It's like, just be you. Like And, the, right, and the, right, the wrong people will go and the right people will come. It's as simple as that. You just got to be, you know, just breathe through it, you know, because it might breathe get uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think for everyone listening right now, something to check in on is what are the things that you get to breathe through in your life right now? What are the uncomfortable things that you're really avoiding? And even through that avoidance, they're just becoming more uncomfortable because you're, you're, whether you want to call it the universe, God, your higher self, anything, when you are constantly being showed something that's not in alignment with who you want to be or how you want to live your life and is causing this pain or discomfort, it's telling you that a change is required, right? And do you want to answer the bell? Do you want to answer the call to your own hero's journey? And take that leap because that's going to lead to the transformation. But the more that you run away from you, run like basically running from it will not save you, right? See it through. And that's from a powerful, powerful poem that I memorized a long time ago. But running from it will never save you. See it through. Yeah, that's it, man. I
1: think um, it's also important. This is something that came to me right before I was falling asleep the other night and I made a note of it. Um, Good stuff always comes through at that point of the day. But uh, it's important to be adaptable and resilient, not rigid and and attached. Mm. Because the nature of the world is change. Things are always changing. And if you're too rigid, you'll be like that strong tree that gets broken in Mm. the wind. You know, the weight, and rigidness of the tree is what cause it to break. Whereas the smaller, lighter trees, they bend in the wind. And if we're attached, Mm. well, we're going to experience negative emotions when we don't get what we're attached to so I think adaptability resilience is key and the the key to implementing that is remaining open and neutral in all the events of the day so open to what is coming don't get stuck in tunnel vision by predicting one potential outcome and neutral so when you see yourself orienting away from what maybe you wanted remain neutral because if you see yourself going a different way that's going to cause negative emotions but if you can remain Mm. neutral You're probably going to be oriented to something better.
0: Hmm. Very, very well said. Very powerfully said. I mean, Gene, this was such a a powerful conversation. Every time we come together, just so many amazing insights. And, brother, I'm so proud of how you're showing up. And just to see the massive shift that you've made from when we first met up until now has been incredible. And I know you're going to keep on doing it. And, man, you're inspiring me. You're inspiring people all over the place so bro keep on keeping on my brother
1: thank you brother and thank you so much for having me on you know man you inspired me too like that's the reason i reached out to you and i'm just so glad that we hit it off the way we have and man i can't wait one of these days we're going to get together and be able to share a big hug together oh for um, sure dude no doubt in my mind we'll we'll figure that out how that's going to happen but uh but yeah man thank, thank you for having me on man it's been so nice to catch up and yeah what i'm really feeling right now is just how badly i want that hug one day man Uh, uh, you're a soul brother and i appreciate you
0: no i appreciate you brother and i can't wait to give you that big hug back because the love is definitely there man and to see that we're both doing the work we're doing you know there's a reason why that bond is there so i appreciate you so much and before you go can you let the people know where they can find you online and just see more of the dope stuff that you're up to yeah, so
1: the best place for all the international friends is Gene uh, Kelly PT on Instagram. G E N E Kelly PT. I'm looking at changing my Instagram handle, so if you have got any uh-huh. suggestions, that'd be great. As I shake off the PT uh, part of my my career so far. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the best place to connect and see
0: sort of what I'm up to and, and all that type of thing. I love it. Everyone listening, please, please, please make sure you go check out Gene. He's an absolute gift to the world. And man, Gene, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate everyone listening. And as always, remember, you can too. I hope.